You ready, Dad? This is live. Live and direct. I'm joking. It's not live. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the best podcast, the Next Up podcast. Today, it's Saturday morning. You know, you just got your coffee, your breakfast. Sir. You're playing your tunes because you know that's how you get ready. Saturday, bro. You're just chilling. But uh, as you guys know, I'm one of your hosts, Marcus. I'm Ben. And I'm Nosa. And today we got a special guest still. Requested by the fans. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Man wow, of the people. <laughs> Introduce yourself, sir. My name is Mike Mitchell. I'm Marcus and Ben's dad. Are you talking like that? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's talking with all of his best newscaster voice. <laughs> Man's like Morgan Freeman on the mic. The voice was buttery smooth. Good afternoon. Like, good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's Michael Mitchell. This guy's, you know what he hey, said? It, this guy loves Batman, bro. He loves Batman. This guy thinks he's Batman. <laughs> oh, man. Holy. No, it's not a Batman thing. Ah, uh, the regular voice came out. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm not going to rip you off podcast, you know. Thank, you, thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, nah, but real talk, this guy was requested by the fans, posted a little video. If you didn't see the video, go to our, our Instagram. It should be on the Instagram. I haven't posted it yet, but when you're listening to this, I'll post it. It will already and, be posted, yeah. Yeah. And Saturday um, morning. You can see the video we're talking about. Because this guy was like, <laughs> I just don't know why. <laughs> you won't let me be on the podcast. <laughs> I have some opinions to share. Some, some. <laughs> I don't even things, know what some said. things to say. I don't know what you said. This guy was just talking. <laughs> but it fit. <laughs> it fit well. <laughs> I was this <laughs> guy scripted that. <laughs> but yeah, now you're on the podcast. All right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Of course. So uh, let's jump in. Let's go. So after what seems to be the repeat first month of 2021, part two, or 2020, part two, <laughs> we've had a fun month of news stories. And um, actually, recently, there's been a whole stock market thing where a lot of people are divided mostly between, it seems like, the rich and everyone else. <laughs> a big thing I noticed this month is the rights to free speech seems to be tested a lot. The internet has gone from making sure that Donald Trump can't listen to music <laughs> or use anything <laughs> on the internet, essentially, to hedge fund managers convincing Discord to ban our, the Wall Street bets, saying they incited hate speech conveniently at the same time that they were banned from Reddit for stock manipulation, as they would say. So my question is to you is, how do you feel about free speech and where it's going, especially after a month like this, where the president 
of the United States to the average person can be deplatformed within seconds, depending on whose opinion seems to be bigger. Well, I'll say first, based on on um, Donald Trump and like the Wall Street bets, I would say those two things are are very different because one was actually harming the lives of many people. The other was liberating the lives of so many people, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. it's actually like two complete opposite situations that both um, got censored. And um, I think it's it's crazy because it's, it's like you can't do good or bad sometimes in this world. You just have to kind of just stay in the middle. And mm-hmm. Like, sorry, it's it's like they only want you to do so well until it's not affecting them or do bad, but not too bad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, um, obviously, Donald Trump was <laughs> was wilding mm-hmm. with with what he was saying. So, yeah, the platform like they took away his platform. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't some of the places that they took his platform away, like Spotify, it's not it's not necessary to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I but was going to say, like, also that I think it became like a trend to yeah. like deep platform. Like, there was some apps where it's like, okay, like, <laughs> why? Like, like Snapchat and like, like Pinterest. Like, that didn't make sense to me. But like, Twitter, I guess, is a place where you can like, like, he had a huge following on Twitter. Oh, yeah. And like, that's, and that's where, where it that's actually where, stemmed like, from. Yeah. yeah. And, but so, that, like, I think um, that's where my question comes from. He definitely broke the rules and regulations of Twitter. No one can, mm-hmm. like, he can't deny that. But he didn't break the rules and regulations on any of the other platforms he was banned from. Yeah, so, like, that's they why I say of, it was like a trend because, they, like, people just hopped on and they were like, ha, this is funny. It'll probably get us more, like, clout in the news. Mm-hmm. And also, they also think it's going to get them more subscriptions because if you think about it, all these places are actually businesses. So, mm-hmm. Spotify yeah. wants to be like, Oh, we're with we're for the people, so we're gonna ban Donald Trump because the people don't like Donald Trump. That's mm-hmm. like that's yeah, you how don't want to be seen as supporting him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, but I then think... the thing is, like, there's like two sides to that because in every story there's a good and a bad. But then, if you're on the good side, to the other people you're on the bad side, right? Yeah. So like, there's like if you look at it, there's 70 million people in the United States who think he's the bad guy and 70 million people who think he's the good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so the, the, the four of us are all kind of left-leaning people in our yeah. ideals politically. But if you are a right-leaning person, the whole Donald Trump deplatforming idea is a bad thing. Yeah. And the whole you know, GameStop thing is actually not so bad you know, because they look at it from they're coming from a different point of view that's the yeah other side of it, that's mm-hmm. and i f- i feel like when it comes to free speech if we play the good guy bad guy thing then we're i think we're gonna keep just deplatforming people back and forth until it gets to a point where no one can speak freely besides let's say those who control the 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 narrative because if we get to the point where, okay, what today it's Donald Trump. What if tomorrow it's Bernie Sanders? Be, or yeah, exactly. It could be anybody that we think is good 
just on the perspective on who's who has the more mm -hmm. most power at this moment in time mm -hmm, and yeah. like i said what trump did was completely wrong he can't even justify it but at the same time it the 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 line is very fine when 70 people support both 70 million people supported both sides and one side could just be taking out who's to say joe biden can't be just taken out if let's say the head fund managers are angry if the they get accused of doing something wrong what if they say well we got to deplatform him because now he's against us and like let's bring it all against them the thing mm -hmm. the thing is though um most of those big companies and corporations they wouldn't like facebook twitter those are those are also very left leaning platforms yeah. also so it's they wouldn't the new, deplatform like, huh keep sorry keep going keep going uh they wouldn't they wouldn't really deplatform um all the people that we would say like they wouldn't deplatform uh Barack like Joe Obama Biden, really or said. Joe Biden mm -hmm. yeah um but there is a lot of like other people who are very far right that could impact other things that he's trying to do i think right now though even for that thing i don't think it can get that far because um right now almost everything in the states is almost left so like the house mm. is democratic the senate is yeah. democratic and the government so even though it's really but close it's very like, close though yeah so mm -hmm. if some of them switch sides yeah. yeah it could change stuff but like it's off like two revisions it's probably almost everything's gonna get passed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. i would also like that let's say for now our perspective is everything is left i think maybe i'm speaking more for the future like let's mm -hmm. say 20 years can do a lot where it seemed like the political landscape now and 20 years ago is like completely different as far as people's opinions it seemed like a lot more people became more left-leaning in the past 20 years than probably ever in the history so mm -hmm. that could just as easily flip just depending on a few like a few scenarios where maybe well, maybe people who oh yeah. no go ahead i was gonna say personally i don't think it's it's the best to have everything on just one side like we talk about this a lot like there like if everything just gets passed for one side we just said there's 70 million people who feel one way and 70 million who feel the other way so if everything's just getting passed for this one side obviously it's going to bring up pent up anger for that other side like when we had i think it was 12 years in a row it was republican and then it was obama i think and then that's why like everybody wanted so much change that's why obama won so easily his first year he won by way more in his first year than he did in his second term and that's mm -hmm. because everybody once you have that huge drastic change even for example donald trump th that was a huge change from obama yeah. you know what i mean so that's a huge change and everybody's like no we don't like that we want this. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think like, it's good that it's Joe Biden because he's not full on, like, he's not another black person in office. He's not mm -hmm. fully as, as... He's not very left-leaning yeah. as a Democrat either. So I think that's good. But I also think, like, it is important to also have Republicans in things so it doesn't just get passed, like, easy, like, everything, no revisions, everything just passed because that's also not healthy for the economy. Yeah. Also, um, another question. So I heard someone bring this up and I just want to get everyone's opinion on it. So he said the best way for things to work on the Internet would be to have no 
restrictions at all. Who said that? Because it was um he oh, was a just... guy that worked for the ACLU. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast. I forgot his name. But he worked I for the ACLU. I don't know if that would work because realistically there's so many like I feel like bullying just like on the internet is like a huge thing and like when I was in school like it wasn't like people would talk about like cyberbullying but it's like okay what the fuck like cyberbullying isn't really a thing like you had what MSN like that's about all you could use to like talk to your friends online and mm-hmm. like club penguin but like there was no like like Instagram <laughs> came out when I was in like grade 6 so it's like yeah mm-hmm. like yeah but um so I don't know definitely now there's so many more ways for like especially younger kids to be on the internet and it's just like I think bullying can lead to so many like mental health problems and like just like I think suicide rate would definitely go up like that's a huge jump but like I think if there definitely that would be a factor this is the example I always say I saw this stat like um for example when my dad was a kid the average person had one point something best friends and now when the kids today have like four point something and that's because yeah. like for example me I can talk to Avon who I've never met in person but yeah. I played video games with you know what I mean yeah. so there is good and there's bad on on the internet so you have mm-hmm. more friends because of the internet and you have less friends because of the internet you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I think it's a give and a take. Obviously, because of that reason, there is more bullying also because there's more bullies online now. You know what I mean? So you can come across more bad experiences and more good experiences. I think it's all about how you how you come across those things. Like, first of all, like, center yourself out from... I wouldn't even say center yourself out fully. Like, I have an Instagram account where everybody's on it. But then I also have one that, like, it's the stuff I want to see. And it's it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if, like, I, I don't even see any of, like, the Toronto pages, none of that stuff. Like, I can't see six buzz mm-hmm. on it. Because sometimes that, that information, it's not negative, but it's just, like, overload to stuff that you don't need to see. Sometimes I just want to see what my friends yeah. are doing, what my family's doing, and mm-hmm. just see, like, the regular stuff that would occur if I didn't have a phone. You know what I mean? But I could still check up on people. And I feel like, people if you really want to like there could be no censors but there there has to be a safe place at least that people can oh yeah attain. and yeah. like all these apps like you said if you if you would like to keep your space safe you can very much make your account private yeah. like he's saying that the censorship should be on the person themselves not on yeah. the companies because okay. once the companies start choosing censorship then it kind of they don't respect it. Like one person gets banned and another person does the same thing and they don't get banned because that's the side they agree with. And the But problem, if you choose yeah, keep going to censor yourself, oh yeah, but if you choose to censor yourself, like you said, he can see what he just naturally wants to see as opposed to if you want to see more, you want to see everything because you know you can handle that, you have the choice to do that as well. And the problem so it's like is- choosing to shelter yourself from things instead of censoring people's opinions or whatever yes and the problem the problem also with like banning people is like there's no written in stone like oh you get banned for this because there's no example of what you get banned for you know what i mean like if i 
if I went mm. on the internet and said fuck these type of people, I might not get banned. But if somebody else said fuck black people, they're effing they words, they could probably get yeah. banned. You know what I mean? And it's it's the same mm. it's the same thing. And I think though that's linked to history, right? What? Like, cause, cause if you real realistically, if you weigh those two together, it's because mm. of a history that has happened in North America and in this world. Yeah, but so it's one doesn't carry as much weight as the other. But if you said like, fifty they're, years they're, ago, no one would get banned. But if you said that today, because it's popular to be pro black, mm. you would get banned for sure. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm trying to say. But I think that's just the progressive nature of society, right? But, because realistically, society is shifting left as a whole mm-hmm. like republican is here or conservative is here liberal mm-hmm. is here but they're both going like this side by side they're both mm-hmm. moving towards the left realistically like if you look 50 years ago or if you look yeah 50 years ago segregation was like a common like it was just like accepted right but now it's not so that just shows how everything is moving towards the I would life. say it's still accepted. I think it's just about naturally. power. I think it's just a power thing. Like there are there's a group of people in power and they have to be willing to allow the other people who don't have power to have a little bit more. And it's it's been like that from time. And and like you think about like the women's right to vote. And men were allowed to vote. And the only way women get a chance to vote is if men say, oh, yeah, we'll Mm -hmm. we'll let them vote. And Mm -hmm. if they say, no, we're not letting them vote, then women don't get to vote. They don't have a say in that until the group in power says, yeah, we're going to share this power with you. But if for some reason the men say, no, if we let them vote, they're just going to vote us out. So we're not giving them the vote. Then Mm -hmm. they never get to vote. So it's until the people in power decide that we're going to allow you to share some of this power or to have some control, then you don't get any. Like Jackie Robinson. Everybody said, oh, he's the first black man to play baseball. No, he's the first black guy they allowed to play play baseball. He was good enough. Mm -hmm. There are lots of guys who are good enough. Good enough, yeah. But if they just showed up and said, hey, let me play. I'm going to steal bases. I'm going to hit for power, hit for average. I'm going to be the man. Like as soon as they step in the batter's box, somebody's going to kill him. You know, until they're given or allowed to share power, they don't get it, period. Mm. So I think the same thing is happening now. They're just figuring out ways to allow people to have more power because everybody's clamoring for it. Everybody's Mm -hmm. screaming for it. I think low-key, Obama was like two terms too early, in my opinion. Because if Obama came into office right now, it would be crazy. Like it would be, yeah. But I think a lot of the things that have happened in the states wouldn't have happened if he was never president, right? Yeah. Like a lot of these movements, like Black Lives Matter, probably wouldn't have happened if Obama wasn't president. That's true. Because really, it was made in what 2013, 2014? It was after the uh, was it Trayvon Martin or? Ferguson, the Ferguson riots. They were there. I think it was. Yeah, wasn't I it Ferguson? Because so. Trayvon, yeah, Trayvon, Trayvon yeah, was I think in it was, though. 
Yeah, and yeah. he's Latino. <laughs> and I don't think he was Some a cop. Some people didn't really. No, he was no, a no. neighborhood he was a watch. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and um, oh, yeah. Say what you want yeah, to say. I don't know. I, I don't. I just don't know if, like, I think if he was president right now, maybe a lot would change. I don't know. Honestly, be, I I don't know. That's it's a it's a tough thing to say. I don't yeah. know. I feel like right now it's it would be more beneficial to have us instead of have him instead of Joe Biden. I would say, but who knows? We'll see what happens. You only can wait and see what happens. With the freedom of speech thing, like to go back yeah. on that, like I think it's important for everybody to have their voice and be able to share their voice. But each individual person has to be responsible with how you use that. You know what I mean? Like. I could make a song and talk yeah. about how I'm just doing all these drugs. But then when you do that, there's people who listen to your music that do all these drugs. You know what I mean? And that's, mm -hmm. that's a, like, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. how many people, like Little Peep, Lil Xan, they all used to do that. Um, R.I.P. Little Peep. But he was actually going through problems and he was doing drugs. And his fans were heavy on drugs because that's what he's inspiring them to do. They're yeah. going through similar and problems those mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. not inspiring like like that but like that's how he's getting through it so oh i look up to this guy we'll get through it like that too and kind of have to be careful with what mm -hmm. you say because your voice holds a lot of weight especially people don't think their voice holds yeah. a lot of weight everybody listens to everybody if you don't think like bro you could have 100 followers on instagram i if you only get 20 views on your story those 20 people are listening to what you say so if you say some crazy stuff they heard it so yeah. You just have to be careful with what you say and like yeah. how you say it sometimes. Cause, mm -hmm. I think the major thing was, um, like you said, mm -hmm. responsibility. Um, because the internet is still fairly new, I think a lot of people don't respect the weight it can have. Like it has as much weight as people have words in, in person, but it's not treated that way. Like if I'm on a screen, faceless, talking to someone else on a screen whose face I can see, I'm more confident to make fun of that person, even if I wasn't mm -hmm. someone to do that in public. And I feel like the responsibility of individuals kind of stripped on the internet. And that's kind of like the social thing that needs to be mm -hmm. advanced because mm -hmm. people need to take more seriously. Like people think people will be way worse on the internet than they'll ever be in person because there's real yeah. wor world repercussions to yeah, talking shit in person. Back up your, your yeah, like yeah. if you like, imagine a race. Oh. I could go on the internet and pretend that I'm like seven <laughs> foot three, six hundred pounds. Like exactly, you know, just, like, step on exactly. you and talk. All My this. Bad. When we used to play two K back in the day, <laughs> Ugo used to tell Avon that he was six eight, two fifty. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually believed it but anyways keep going yeah because exactly. you, you have no idea like you can pretend to be anything on the internet and you don't there's no repercussions no repercussions to it except the only like, thing that can happen is you get banned that's it but then you yeah. can just make a new account exactly that's the thing like you don't think Donald Trump already has a new Twitter account obviously he does yeah just it's to like probably scroll not through named Donald Trump yeah and that's the thing. The fake Donald even, Trump. Even like a lot of people who have big influences have fake accounts and they just look through the comments on their fake accounts and see what people are saying about them. Like people are, are 
yeah they're sensitive about, everybody's like sensitive about like what people say about them so like you have to be careful with your words because yeah you could think this guy's too big of a superstar he's never gonna see it but they see it trust me everybody sees what you have to say about them eventually mm-hmm. you know what i mean and hate goes way farther mm-hmm. than love so just be possible just like responsible with your so, words. so yeah i don't know i think that's the major thing for me i feel like the responsibility lies in every individual when it comes to online interactions and it shouldn't be in the hands of corporations which can strip whoever's rights to whoever like mr mitchell said when they choose who gets the power that's when that's that's how i refer to it don't listen to him (laughs) but like (laughs) whenever (laughs) whenever they let you have power that's when you'll have power so if you leave them in the hands of your right to speak they'll give it to you when it doesn't affect them personally and i'm not a big fan of that i'd rather everyone to like came together and agreed like the same way in person people will be more respectful because they understand the consequences online they should also be more respectful because they understand the consequences of their words and people like start understanding each other more and not create this divide that is so much greater on the internet than in real life like i you'll never see people saying half the things that are said on the internet in real life and i feel like that's my end bit on that topic and if anyone else wants to add anything before we wrap up i don't think i have anything else no i'm good all right and that's it freedom of speech i think it's essential what about you maybe post it in the comments on the post and let us know stay tuned for um the commercial and we'll be back right after this intermission what does it mean to me next up we could tell you you have to be bold courageous focused driven But we'd rather show you. All right. Thank you for the. M- oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that message from our sponsor. On to the next section of the podcast. So, all four of us on this call right now are or have been at some point a young black man in North America. My first question for you, Mr. Mitchell. How young? Because I might be cat. My first question for you is. Okay, actually, let me let me put some more information on this. So, like, in the media, it's always like, black men can be. Okay, this is a J. Cole song. Sell dope, rap, or go to NBA in that order it's pretty much saying that black men have three options they can be rappers they can be drug dealers or they can play sports how important do you think those three 
like career paths we'll call them how important are those career paths in the black community now versus when you were growing up when i was growing up it wasn't rap it was entertainment and they substituted the rapper for michael jackson so it was either you're michael jackson you're michael jordan or you're a drug dealer so it was important so much as you looked at michael jordan and then if you actually broke down the numbers and the mathematics of it you knew that you had one in like half a billion chances to get to the nba let alone be an all-star play at his level so Really, when you looked at Michael Jordan, you were looking at somebody who worked really hard and got to where he wanted to get to because of his work. And so you took that and it was a work ethic thing. So matter no matter what it is you were focusing yourself on, it was that work ethic, that level that got you to that level of achievement. And so if you wanted to go into law, you used a Michael Jordan work ethic and you worked when you knew your competition was chilling um and that's that was in my head my whole goal was to get to the nfl and i would purposely not go to high school dances and would work out when the dance was on because in my head i was like they're all chilling they're getting drunk and i'm just gonna run hills here and that was the mentality and you got that from somebody like michael jordan or somebody from mike like michael jackson who was notorious for his perfectionism like he you know it was he would go over a little tiny part of a routine for hours and people were like dude we got it he was like no 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 it's got to be a little bit and so everybody understood that about yeah. him and so as a black man i was like i'm gonna bust my butt and be the best teacher i can possibly be and so that's how important that was not that i was going to the nba or i was going to be a singer or whatever it was i'm going to do what i'm going to do but i'm going to be successful because i'm going to use that work ethic okay what about youtube do you think because obviously now it's much easier for a black man to become successful um you think there's still a limit on how many like career options black men have well i would right now i would like people in general i would say this like um if you grow up as an american me personally if i was an american i'd believe i can be president but growing up as a canadian mm -hmm. i don't think i can be prime minister there's no black prime minister you know what i mean like mm -hmm. um i think nosa said this last week is like you believe anything you've seen. What was it? Um, you said it was um, a comedian said it. I, f I forget. Oh, it was um, Dave Chappelle, I think. Yeah. He was, he was pretty much like when you're telling a child what they can be. It's yeah. like they, they tell the children, oh, you can be anything you want. Or maybe it was Chris Rock, actually. And he's like, no, you can be anything that like. Um, They'll let you be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. this was before Obama was president, so it's like you can't be president if you're a black guy. Cause it's never happened. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. And then he said like things like, obviously it was a joke. He's like the NBA, you got entertainment, and like, um, what was the other one? It was we already said it. 
Drug dealing. Sports. Yeah, drug dealing, exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's like, those are three options. Like get get to like working hard on them. The the thing is yeah. for me, this is this is how I see it. Either you have to be like super focused and have like the passion and the drive to work. Not even not even when no one else is working, but when you don't want to do it anymore. Like the thing is that that I've learned why I love music so much is because even when I'm tired of making beats, I'm still like, nah, I still want to make the beat because I'm trying to sell this beat so I can further my career. And it's always, even if mm-hmm. I'm tired, like everybody gets tired of doing stuff that, that they love. You could play basketball for hours. You're eventually going to get tired of shooting and tired of being fatigued of doing that activity so much. But you can love your your career so much that it drives you to keep on going even when you're you hit that wall. And... And I think unless you have that drive, it's it's going to be very hard for you to break down the barrier of a black person has never done this, so you won't be able to do it. Like for Obama, mm-hmm. his drive to become president was different than any other black person. That's why he could break down that barrier. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson, too, for example. Obviously, there's timing that that and luck what that is always that? is a factor, but... Yeah, I'd say now there's a lot more things that you can do because there's been more walls that's been breaking broken down. And I think the biggest mm-hmm. one is probably Obama. Like if they're gonna let us be president, why wouldn't they let us be a lawyer? You know what I mean? And yeah. mm-hmm. it's like there's more like smaller jobs that you can do. The high up roles, like you don't see a lot of black CEOs unless they made the company from the ground up. There's a lot of stuff like that is still like <laughs> on the fence, I would say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I want to touch on the the drug dealer part for a second because I was having a conversation with someone I went to school with mm-hmm. um, at Ryerson, and we were talking about like legal weed shops in Toronto, and how on Young mm-hmm. Street there's like ten different government owned weed stores on Young Street between Bloor and Dundas. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, realistically, the government is now selling weed on every corner. But black people have been selling weed on the corner of the street from time, for a minute. Like, so realistically, the government has been putting black people in jail. And there is still black people in jail doing the same thing that the government is now profiting off of. And is now considered an essential service. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm gonna go you one. I'm gonna go you one better, and I'm gonna say, <clears throat> if you actually looked at the numbers, there's probably more white people dealing drugs than black people. Yeah. If you looked like, at it per capita, there's probably more white people dealing drugs than black people. There's more white people taking drugs, using drugs than yeah. black people. But the media and what you see in the news is. Black people taking drugs. Black people selling drugs. That's that was that's what you see constantly, constantly, constantly. So the regular person just believes black people do drugs. They're the reason we have this problem. But it's not really the way it is. And then the way it's penalized, like it's literally ten times the penalty to be caught using crack than it is to be caught using cocaine. And who uses cocaine? white people and who uses crack black people because it's so much cheaper right Mm -hmm. but if you have the same amount of crack and the same amount of cocaine 
you'll get like literally one year for the cocaine and 10 years for the crack. Like it's insane. What the And they're like mandatory sentences in the States. And so yeah. you have to go to prison for this amount of time. And then let's not even talk about how much money they make off the prison system, but there you go. Like it's, it's, it's a perception that they've built. So actually that was such a great point. I saw it was a, a black guy. He was a neuroscientist and he was speaking on drugs and he was essentially trying to destigmatize drugs because he was saying like, um, he works with people who have, let's say he calls them drug addictions because he's like, they have other problems and then drugs is what their fix for their addiction is. And the main thing that like he said, a narrative that's really common is that every drug associated with black people is something that's like seen like as a crime. And then if you associate it with white people, it's like, oh, yeah, like, it's totally fine. Like, he, he, yeah, or even just, like, um, back in the day, like, when it was, uh, I think he was talking about, like, crack. Like, crack was never, like, even a thing that people would bat an eye at. But then when they really associated that and marijuana with black people, that's when, like, boom, it became more serious. But he's, like, people were using these things for hundreds of years without any stigmatism. But then all of a sudden, as it was added to black people or black culture, it's like, oh, yeah, we need to fix this issue that just sprung up out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. uh, there was something else he was even speaking to. He was like, how does it make sense that marijuana is a it's like in the States, the schedule one drug. And then they give you heroin in the hospital in morphine. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, it's. It's like everything is just perception. If the pharmaceuticals sell you something, then it's good. But if a drug dealer sold you something that a pharmaceutical could probably sell you, it's like, oh, well, that's illegal. Yeah. And that's pretty much what the original point was, is like the government won't let you do, won't let you do something if it profits, like if you're profiting for it. But as soon as they can capitalize on it, especially when they think they can't, they can't control it, so they, like, they add their own business that's already been mm-hmm. illegal. Like, that's yeah. very, like, with, like they wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to stop the world from smoking weed. If you look at it, it happened yeah. with alcohol. Like, drink they can't stop the world from drinking alcohol. They can't stop the world from smoking weed. So they're like, all right, we'll sell it, and only we can sell it. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. we'll just mm-hmm. make money on it. And even, look at, actually, like, another. Huh? They know cigarettes yeah. kills people. Like, there are more than 400 different chemicals in a cigarette that they know cause cancer. And they're still selling it. There's so much tax on that that the government makes a ton of money off cigarettes. They know it kills people. Doesn't matter. We're making money off it. So, let's go. Even, I think another big thing of perspective was, um, again, just to go to another comedian's joke, uh, Dave Chappelle, he said, um, when he looked at the opioid crisis now, He's, he, his joke was, oh, I don't care. Why? Because when he was a kid in the 70s and 80s and crack was a big thing, no white people cared about the black people dying. Like, it was illegal. Like, they were sending people to jail for this. Now the mm-hmm. opioid crisis is treated as an issue, not a, mm-hmm. a crime. And it just goes to show how, like, if it's the white community taking a drug overall, that it should be illegal to be accessing these drugs because like a lot of them aren't supposed to be used outside of medical use. They're saying that they need treatment as opposed to the exact same situation 
30, 40 years ago, they were seen as criminals who need to go to jail. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I have a, unless Ben has more questions, I have a question for, for uh, Mr. Mitchell. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> go for it this is, this is more on on mr mitchell though uh i know how important it is to you but um i just want the podcast to know like how important is it for you to work in these communities where there's mainly black students you've been doing it for i would say your whole career like how important is it to you to get to young black people while they're still in their adolescence before they make big decisions in their life. Huge, huge. And I've been in education, teaching or administration for, I'm in the middle of my 32nd year. And all of them except two, where I was at a school that was predominantly Indian students. All of the rest of them, the other 30 years, have been in schools with at least, I would say 80% black students school I'm at now is probably 98% black students. We got 320 kids and maybe 12 white kids in the whole school. So to me, that's huge. That's making a difference in people's lives because just like we were talking about with Obama, like he's president. Now it gives you permission to say, oh, I can be the president, you know, like I'm yeah. a school principal and everybody can look at me and say, yeah, that's something I can aspire to. And I can actually physically sit down with a student and say, if this is where you want to get to, I can tell you how to get there. I got the map and I can share it with you. And it's about work. It's about discipline and share those things with them. And to me, that's important. I wish I had that specifically when I was a kid and I had it in different ways. You know, I had an older brother who, you know, kind of took me under his wing and showed me the ropes, you know, about university and how you navigate the, the uh, party and the, and the studying stuff. Um, I had a mom who I watched every day bust her butt so she could be successful and show that to us. Like, I was fortunate. And so to me, it's just something that you give back to the black community. It's how I give back, and I'm happy to do it. And I'd say, like, you've more than done your job because every place I go, all I hear is, wait, is your dad Mr. Mitchell? Every mm -hmm. Bro, I go to work. <laughs> there's three people at my work who Honestly. he was the teacher of, and they're like, oh, your dad's been... Every time I see it, how's your dad doing? Blah. And I'm just like, well, he <laughs> certainly touched their lives because maybe if he, if he wasn't their teacher... They might not be working at this job. They might be working on the streets. You know what I mean? And he's really touched a lot of people's lives in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of athletes that like love him. I don't know. They still they're, they're people who've been in the NFL, the CFL. They played D1 NBA. I mean uh, NCAA, and they still message him on Facebook. And I'm like, why are they messaging you? Mm -hmm. I've I've <laughs> never messaged one of my middle school teachers ever in my life. So. That just shows how important you are to those people in your life. So that's mm -hmm. an amazing thing to have in your life, to inspire people like that. Thank you. It, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Even, um, I think it was Vader's, um, you were at Portage, and growing up literally a walk away from Portage, you already know how that community is like a predominantly 
like pretty black community mm-hmm. and it's like more well off black people than like the surrounding area and like that school was very essential to a lot of people i know being where they are today and not maybe being a drug dealer or aspiring for dreams that may get them in jail as opposed to like working hard and getting jobs that are in so many different fields or just like some people who i know a lot of basketball players who like were there around that time and it's a very different for me because growing up, I was growing up in a black community, but it didn't feel like what a lot of other people said because there'd be like, oh, it's like everyone's turning out to be drug dealers, dead, or they're in jail. Meanwhile, the people around me are going to college for basketball. They're going to university and colleges for all these different things. And I'm like, they're thriving. And even I didn't even know you at that time, but clearly you and a bunch of other people in that school did a very great job because just i'm i was seeing the results and clearly they were very game changing for that community mm-hmm. and it's just great because at the end of the day if they didn't have that leadership or someone to show them like this is how you like you said give them the blueprint they would be on a very different path yeah yeah and we saw them i mean you can go up the street from portage and there's a 7-eleven and the guys who hang out at the 7-eleven all day, all night, yep. they, they're eventually going to get in trouble. So just yep. a matter of time, you know, and so to to us, and like, I was lucky, fortunate to be in a situation where when I got to Portage, it was a brand new school, it just opened. So yeah. we got to determine what the culture was, you know, and so one of the things that I love to do, like coach, I got to do whatever I wanted to do. I coached basketball, I coached football, I coached track and field, I coached volleyball, I coached everything. And you can instill in kids a sense of like discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to practice five days a week and it's going to be 90 minutes. But on Wednesdays, we're going to be in the cafeteria. We're just going to work on homework or studying for tests or we're going to read for 90 minutes. And if you miss that, then you're off the team. Nobody missed a single Wednesday. Nobody missed a single practice. Like they just learned to work and learned that discipline it wasn't for me it wasn't work it was fun you know mm-hmm. you got to hang out with a bunch of 13 and 14 year old kids who were looking at like the sky is the limit you know and it was just about figuring out what this kid was really good at and getting them giving them a chance to mm-hmm. shine you know and then telling them or showing them or sharing with them what they need to work on and then giving them a chance to do that, you know? So for me, it was just fun. And then I'd go home and I'd have my four kids at home and we'd do it all over again. It was, it was great. Well, I remember uh, so. this story. I think you were playing in the Henry Carr tournament and um, you had a kid on your, on your team. Well, I don't know if he was actually on the team, but he was one of the better players but he was one of the people who was less disciplined and he wasn't going to practice. He was skilled, wasn't going to practice, probably not training, probably not doing his homework, probably missing those sessions that you were talking about. And the Henry Carr coach specifically said, oh, I want to see how you play in this game. And he sat the whole game because he missed those practices and he was cheesed. But I just remember like that was from one of the first lessons because I went to that tournament and I was like, oh, why isn't this guy playing? And you're like, he didn't do all the requirements to play in the game, so he's not playing. And, like, 
it teaches you as a kid like yeah. you have to do your responsibilities if you want to do the things that's fun and if you don't you're going to miss out on those things and it's an important lesson to teach especially a 13 year old if you get that lesson at 18 it's not the same because then you're going to start trying to rebel against the system because you're more grown you have more thoughts in your head but when yeah it's all it's mm-hmm. it's almost too late at 18 you know you're setting your ways this is yeah. what i want to do this is what's been working mm-hmm. for me so i'm gonna keep doing it but if you're you know 12 13 and you figure out what success is and how you get that and you do it through discipline and hard work it doesn't matter if you go to university and get into business if you're a hard worker you're going to be successful I got a yeah. younger brother who is a CEO as a black man and brilliant uh, when it comes to business. And he always says to me, I'm not smarter than anybody else. I'm just willing to work harder. I'm just willing to get to work earlier. I'm willing to stay later. I'm willing to read a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That's all it is, you know? And when you have that or when you do that, you can be ridiculously successful in whatever you want to do. It's just work ethic. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think that discipline aspect is something I definitely learned it at home. But I, I, a lot of people at my high school definitely did not have it. Because if you look at our sports teams, like our basketball <laughs> team, we probably have like six people at practice. Wow. And then game time, 12 people show up like. But then, you're sitting you're sitting you're sitting you're sitting but no right because we didn't have that because so they'd still play that's yeah. the thing but they that's probably why our well, basketball team well, was trash yeah, <laughs> because would be because it was an art school but but no i but i you, don't even think it's then like, it's an art school because no, your yeah. art school did really well in some of the other things like track and field mm-hmm. you guys were killing it you know, so yeah. I don't think I think that discipline thing goes a long, long way. I remember playing football at Western and everything was scripted and everybody knew exactly what was going to like it was clockwork and they weren't bigger and stronger than anybody else. They were just more disciplined and knew exactly what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. And they won national championships. And then mm-hmm. I was in teachers college and I decided I'm going to play. I got some eligibility. I'm going to play at York. And there were guys there who were as big, as strong, if not bigger and stronger and faster than at Western. So much lack of discipline. Like there, yeah. I, mean, I remember one guy taking a swing at the coach because the coach didn't start him, you know? And so what does the coach do? Okay, you're in next series. I'm like, what? And I, I couldn't oh play there God. anymore. It was insane. So it's, discipline is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huge. Honestly, I feel like discipline means, especially in like that early stage, means so much more than talent because I've seen mm-hmm. so many talented people. Like if you don't go to practice, like what are you going to do mm-hmm. when the, the game comes? Like yeah. I, we, I played in volleyball where we had a team that it was the first year for our setter playing ever in his life. Mm-hmm. I had taken three years off from playing volleyball. And then we had people who were like playing all the time regularly. We went to the city finals and faced a team where everyone looked like they played like club volleyball outside of school. They're all like six feet tall plus. Like we weren't at all. And we hang hung in there. Like we almost won the game, but we hung in there with the team that should have just blown us out of the water if yeah. it's talent wise. Because at the end of the day, when we had practices, everyone showed up. Everyone was 
on point. We were always like, yeah, we joke around a little, but at the end of the day, we were always there on their team. Who knows? Maybe some people were slacking off because like, like I said, at the end, that team should have blown us out the water. If you're just going to say talent for talent, we were nothing. They had a starting and a bench that probably is more talented than our starters. But then at the end of the day, when we were coordinated, we brought it together. So like, even when you said like, maybe it's ESA, I think it's just more discipline because if you have t- less talent and you're not disciplined, like obviously, like you're never gonna win anything. You're in trouble. Mm-hmm. But if you have this hard one? work beats talent. Hard work, hard work beats the, talent. When talent, talent when doesn't talent work, doesn't work, hard. work hard, yeah. That's facts. Hundred percent. I mean, does yeah. anybody else have Wrap any more up, questions? Man. That might be a. I don't know what the time is at on this on this nine, section, nine, but eleven, twelve. Okay. Mm. Wrap it up then. <laughs> 13, 14. All right. I guess this is a good place to um, end this section. We'll we'll speak to Mr. Mitchell in the next <laughs> next section. But for now, we'll send you to a message from our sponsor. What's up, podcast gang? It's your boy Nexo Mitch. If you didn't know, my song On My Way slash Freaky is out now. Go stream it on Spotify, Apple Music. Or whatever you get your songs off. You know the vibes. I'm on the roll my slides. Corona with lines. Just to pass the time. Quarantine and chill. Netflix watching well. Trying to get you freaky. Back it up like BB. Make you dripping heat. I just want to thank you guys for sitting through the sponsor. Uh, right now, I just want to talk about like healthy lifestyle. I would say through quarantine, all of us at some point have decided to lead a, a healthier life, whether it's me and Nosa going on bike rides, me, Ben, and my dad going on bike rides with my uncle. At one point or another, all of us were like, oh, I want to start doing this to get back in shape, or I want to live a healthier lifestyle and for me before at the beginning of quarantine before i was doing all that i was drinking a lot of beer i want like people were calling me mr corona bro it was bad corona man it was bad it was bad but i feel like once i started like getting on that healthier wave i was like wait i can't be running and drinking beer why did i just run you know what i mean that's me personally uh i just want to know how you guys feel about that (laughs) mr i do drink i think that question was definitely directed at me and even for the viewers on youtube peep this sheesh it's it's fruit punch but (laughs) for the for the metaphor i had to i had to get it they exposed themselves but (laughs) this is corona this is vodka but yeah i mean (laughs) i i think i still even though i do drink i think i still lead a a pretty healthy lifestyle like the food that i make Sometimes I make food that's like, yo, this tastes good and it's not like the healthiest for you. 
Mm-hmm. But it's like I think I think those times it's like yeah, sometimes you have to feel good. You have to spoil yourself. Like real talks, grilled cheese is one of my favorite foods. But mm-hmm. I make some nice grilled cheese. Like <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. Like, but no, crazy like, grilled cheese. Crazy grilled cheese <laughs> with the sauce too. But. <laughs> too much salt but yeah like bro this this guy made a grilled cheese sauce and everybody in my family had to copy it bro <laughs> this guy was this guy wasn't even trying to say how to make it bro the man's like this is what i use well kept we'll make it. i'm not telling you how to make it <laughs> <laughs> trying to copyright that told us the ingredients <laughs> man didn't say none of the portions me and matthew were in in the lab like next to him, bro <laughs> trying to mix it up proper oh my god <laughs> Bro, it was crazy. But I don't know. Like, usually I eat, like, pretty healthy, I think. Like, I'm vegetarian. That doesn't... Being vegetarian doesn't mean you're healthy automatically because ice cream is vegetarian. Freaking pie is vegetarian. Like... Waffles. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, like, it's... I think me, when when I was learning how to cook, I'm still learning how to cook, but, like, when I was first learning how to make food for myself... I was like, okay, how can I take this healthy thing and make it, like, really good? Because realistically, you could eat a dry-ass chicken breast and rice with yeah. broccoli. But who's trying to eat that? That's gross. <laughs> put a sauce on it. Like, <laughs> put flavors in your food. Like, Some damn seasoning It's not going to make it less healthy if you put chili powder or curry powder on it. Right. Like it's it's going to be the same thing. Like... But it just tastes good. The, oh. <laughs> the cheese gives yeah, me the most. Like, okay, the this is this is a little bit like off topic, but I was watching this this YouTube video of this like fitness YouTuber, and he's making he was making like a whole dinner for himself, and he made chicken with sweet potato fries, and the way he made the sweet potato fries was he just put them in the oven, like he cut them and then just put them in the oven for like ten minutes. And I was like, there's absolutely no way those are cooked on the inside. I know you what? bit into the sweet potato and it was like a it carrot. Like, <laughs> like, oh, and he was like, oh, this is so good. No oil, no freaking, no salt, anything. It was just sweet potatoes in the oven for 10 minutes. I get it. Absolutely. I know hell? it doesn't taste good. But like, that just, like, some people haven't had good food before. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's Maybe so, his taste buds are different. No racial, know. but when mom used to babysit all the white kids, bro, they would eat lunch at our house and they would get amped for macaroni and cheese, bro. <laughs> yeah. be, Yo, I love this macaroni. I'm like, bro, it's macaroni and cheese on the box. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't even like it's like it's homemade macaroni. It was out of the box, bro. Like. It was like four KD boxes because there was bare of us. Yeah. We, she just had a D's pot, would make it in the pot, and everybody ate macaroni and cheese out the pot. Like, <laughs> it wasn't baked or nothing. It was just regular mac and cheese that you can make in 10 minutes. I was like, bro. Oh, no. But anyways. Couldn't do that. My bad. Yeah, well, this is off topic. I, I don't know. I say that, okay. Because I work at LCBO. If you've been watching the podcast, you know Air this miles. is a reoccurring topic. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Eddie. You know what's crazy, <laughs> though? There hasn't been a black by James in a while. A lot? Honest, yeah. We need one. I'm getting better. He's going to have one today, still. <laughs> Just because I said <laughs> that. This is the last section. It's coming up. <laughs> what? 
Okay, no, nah, but it's I look up at right Alcibio, now. so like <laughs> people will ask you what kind of wine they should buy, right? How am I supposed to know if I don't try the wine? So what I do is I'll buy a bottle of wine and I'll taste it and I'll see what it's like, like if it's, cause there's different types of wine. You can have like a light bodied wine, a medium bodied, or you can have like a full bodied or like a super full bodied wine. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you can only really know that by tasting it. You can only really know what it tastes like by tasting it. Like words can only go so far. Mm-hmm. So like, that's my reasoning for why I drink the wine that I drink. So the wine drinkers on oh so so you drink for work purposes. That's what you're saying? Not only. I I do enjoy <laughs> wine obviously. But like the reason I started drinking wine was literally because people kept asking me and I was like I have no idea. And yeah. I was like I'm not going to I'm going to be working in this job for a little while at least until things open back up and like whatever. But might as well learn something so did know. learning tasting wine turn that into your favorite drink i wouldn't say it's my favorite i think water is my favorite drink definitely i'd take okay, water I mean, over like wine alcoholic the alcoholic drink. yeah i don't oh, mean okay. like um <laughs> so water i was like damn water <laughs> of course it should be water hopefully <laughs> i drink beer yeah, water. i meant like alcoholic drink um depends who i'm with right that's a good point like real talks if i'm at a party i'll probably still drink beer because it's like or i'll drink tequila but wine is like wine i don't know there's like a stigma behind wine that it's like classy and it's for like only like classy adults drink wine it's like associated with dinner parties and like red carpets and whatever but like you look at tequila and it's like, oh, you're going to get effed up. <laughs> yeah, but real like... talks, if you if you go deeper into the tequila community, it's different. Straight. It's like wine. You guys Same with beer. Tequila tasting. Same with anything. Yeah, any, any. Honest. We actually have tequila tastings. Yeah. You can you can drink alcohol on two different levels. You can drink <laughs> alcohol. Get this yeah, messed up. Party level. You can like... drink alcohol to enjoy it mm-hmm. and and really. Um, get in tune with the different flavors and aromas that are associated with whatever alcohol it is you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I love tequila and I got some high end tequila and I don't do shots. Well, every once in a while, when, in a certain circumstance, we may sit around and do a couple shots, but for the most part, we just sip tequila and it'll take a little while to drink two ounces of tequila. Like, and you just enjoy it and you, like it's it's just a good experience, and we're not trying to get drunk. We're just trying to enjoy it, you know. And it's, it's I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's like watching the sunrise. You just enjoy it, you mm-hmm. know. And it's just something you get to experience, and <laughs> you know, however you enjoy that, you just go and get that done. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like you drinking tequila has influenced Ben to liking tequila as his favorite drink. <laughs> yeah I, I would say probably. so I think he has like a, a a different appreciation for it I mean when I went to university yeah we did a lot of shots and got messed up a lot but 
now that I'm much older and I don't do that anymore. Like I can't get like that anymore because it takes me like a week to recover. So I ain't doing that. So I enjoy it. And mm -hmm. that's what he's seen. Like, I don't hide it. Like, it's right here on the shelf. There's like two, four, six bottles of tequila. And mm -hmm. they're all high-end. They're all, you know, it's good stuff. And I'm not saying to him, don't touch that. Don't touch my... No. There's a bottle that's, what, 150 bucks? And if you're feeling like you want to have some no, of that, go not. have some of that. Like, I don't say to him, that's only for this or that's only for... No. Just if... It's here to enjoy, all of us. Both of us live Green here, spike. and yeah, we just enjoy it. So yeah, well, you can't I touch his wines. <laughs> no, he offers it to me all the time, and most of the time, I'm not feeling like a wine thing. It's not. <laughs> not <laughs> for me. I'm never feeling like a wine thing. I do say, I say, I tell him he can have my wine. I just say, don't open it. Yeah, and sure. I'm not gonna open one of his bottles. Like if he buys something, I'm not gonna open it. Like <laughs> this guy's a snake. Like the that's how he's just bought. Wait, you just bought a Hennessy? celebration? Hennessy. I just bought one. Then. Oh yeah, that's what I was saying before the podcast. Your celebration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hennessy. Well, what's it called? This guy came into my see. store and said, "Every time, okay, this is a, a side note. Every time he comes into my store, this guy." This guy goes, let me get a honey. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. And then today he comes in, you have small bottles of Hennessy? And I'm like, yes. And then he's like, let me get one. And I was like, really? Like, you're serious? What are you going to do with it? <laughs> I'm drinking it. And I was like, oh, true. Second person on the podcast who likes Hennessy. Wait, you actually <laughs> like Hennessy? I've never seen you drink Hennessy before. I've never tried it. Oh. I've never tried Absolutely. it, but I wanted to do uh, something different. I feel that. I'm on a that. different kind of, I'm on a different tip this month. Some so, cognac. Yeah. Yeah, fun fact, so cognac I, is just distilled wine. I did not know that. Bro, when I, I, know when I tried Hennessy, it tastes like wood. <laughs> it tastes like wood chips. Because right. it's been aged in wood barrels. Oh. That That's sense. why it tastes like wood. You ever like had I'm that? To get a splinter. Hennessy and hip, hip hypnotic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Bro. thing. Hennessy and hypnotic. This is a side <laughs> note. That's That's <laughs> <laughs> this is a side note. That's like black. <laughs> Ew. When I was, I a feel like that would kid, taste bro. like Jaeger a little bit. What's when that? I, was little? I don't even remember what it tastes like. What? Hypnotic? Or no, Hennessy and hypnotic. Oh, oh I've never had them wow. together. But when I was a kid, we always had <laughs> bottles of hypnotic. And I remember one time, bro, I was going to see, show at this thing. And I was in like grade nine or 10. And bro, this guy just opened this bottle. And there was like this much taken <laughs> out. Bro, I had this water bottle that was like this big. And I poured like half of it in here <laughs> and half hypnotic. of the juice. And it was blessed. I came back home. This guy looks at me. He's like, you touch my bottle? I'm like, no. <laughs> I just went to my room. I went to my room so quick. I was like, I didn't touch it. <laughs> I didn't touch the bottle. Oh, I was dying. Oh, but shit. I would say, like, the thing is, like, that was me being young and stupid. But I feel like once you get your smart serve and, like, you start, like, actually giving people alcohol, like, 
you're more responsible when you're drinking. Like, I don't really even drink that much anymore. Nosa doesn't really drink. Ben drinks, but it's like he doesn't really drink to turn up. Um, so I feel like once I you get your smart service, though. I'm not. I'm not that lame. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but I feel like once you get it, like it's kind of like different for you, if it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because like I you're think doing that's, it for a job. I, I, yeah, I've seen people come into my store who I'm like, <laughs> damn, like. I, I've seen like the effects of what alcohol can do to a person and even mm. if they're like the most high functioning person like you just see what it can do and like realistically there's people who spend so much money like there will be people who like come in on a Tuesday say Tuesday we're closed Monday so they come in Tuesday morning and buy like a like 1.75 liter bottle and then they'll be back the next Tuesday and buy the same bottle. You're mm-hmm. like, damn, that's like a phone bill a week on <laughs> something that's not necessary, but it's become necessary. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of vices like that, like cigarettes yeah. is like that. Even weed mm-hmm. is like that too. Yeah, I was going to say, like going back to the neurologist, neurologist I was talking about before, he said, that person just has a problem and they're using alcohol to cope. Meanwhile, like we have a bunch of responsible <laughs> drinkers here. It's not like not, it never ruined any of our lives. <laughs> like you can have a drink every now and again, you could have a drink even consistently, but as long as it's responsible, then and like, it's fine. More important, not even just responsibly for the right reasons. I would say. Exactly. Don't use it as a vice to fix a problem. Because then mm. the problem's never gonna leave, but there's always gonna be more alcohol. <laughs> even even drinking to and say, I, oh, I just want to turn up for the night. That's a that's a valid reason you can have. You know what I mean? Exactly. But if if mm-hmm. you yeah. say I want to drink because I don't like feeling how how I feel right now, that's that's yeah. not a good reason to drink. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think that even goes back to like we were talking about how like uh, those rappers would like do drugs to get out of a problem and then other people would follow Mm. because they see that happening like that's honestly it's not a good way to go even even if it's prescribed if it's prescribed it's different i think but even if it is prescribed it feels like it's not like a even i don't know but a lot of them talk about it i've seen a lot of drugs they prescribe like opioids this is prescribed for issues and they're supposed to be like short term like for a month to try and like help cope with issues alongside with like let's say therapy or something but it Mm kind of just turned to like just take this for life and like yeah that then they just they make an addict because they're usually they're literally using that drug to cope with an issue and then the issue is not being addressed Some of those issues are hard to deal with, man. Yeah. And so it's just easy to take a drug and exactly. feel no ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, some people just don't have, I don't know, the inner strength to actually face whatever it is that they got to face. Mm-hmm. You know, until you do that, you're not going to get anything solved with some drug. Yeah. You know? But honestly, you can do that with everything. It doesn't have to be a substance. Like, realistically, in like May, June, like this summer, I did it with running 
Mm-hmm. I would I was running like five days a week, mm-hmm. and like that was not healthy at all. It was an addiction. Like it's not good for you to do that. Like it's not good for your body. It's not good for your like. I don't know. Um, I think especially. And then I like. Sorry, my bad. Stepped back and was like, okay, <clears throat> relax. I think especially this year, it's been easy to get caught up in trying to find something that you can turn into a routine, whether that's drinking, mm-hmm. running, yeah, streaming, making a podcast, like the feeling mm-hmm. of, oh, I need to do this. And, oh, that, that was fun doing. Mm-hmm. I want to do it again. I want to do it again, especially because yeah. everybody's trapped at home right now. You can't really do mm-hmm. anything. You're like, I want to do something all the time that's always fun. I feel like even mm-hmm. when I was talking about earlier, like I have to have that drive to make more beats. Even that, I would say, is not good all the time because I'm pushing myself to a place where mentally is sometimes can be unhealthy because as a human being, you need to have breaks. You need to have other types of stimulation. You can't just be working all the time. And once mm-hmm. I stopped working out, once we stopped making the podcast as regularly, it was like, oh, okay, now I'm just going to work, 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 work. And I guess that that would be my addiction. My I, I would say like, I just right now feel like I need to have the need to do something. And a lot of people have that same thing and they try to solve it with substances and I don't know, Mm -hmm. other stuff that hurts them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, if any, unless anybody else has something to say, I think can wrap this one up. No? Okay. I I have a question. Okay. I have a question okay. because this guy does a shot clock. I have <laughs> I have three sons. I have three sons who mm-hmm. are all roughly six foot tall, between five eleven and six two. Mm-hmm. And Matthew's not six two. The same build, where they're long and lanky, and they're all good athletes. And I was exactly like that, only way shorter. Mm-hmm. But they. I don't think any of the three of you have ever even had to consider going on a diet or have to ever consider what it is you're eating. Like Mm -hmm. if you eat one of Ben's grilled cheeses, you want another Mm -hmm. one. And so it's easy to eat like three of them. Mm -hmm. And that's not a problem for you. You just live your life the way you live it and you're not going to get a belly and you're not going to gain a ton of weight. <clears throat> but it's not until, like, I, I guess my question is, do you, like, because I'm not in your brain, but do you consider, like, the amount of food you eat? Like, do you think that, well, I'm, I shouldn't eat, you know, a third one because I'm going to get fat and I won't be able to do what I want to do? Does that enter into your brain or you do, do you just eat whatever you feel like and exercise or do whatever it is you do? Does how does that work in your head? Me personally, when I was musical. in school dancing, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> when I was dancing, it was like <laughs> I did because there are certain things you just like because it was like eight hours a day, eight hours plus a day. You only have certain like times where you could eat, so it's like, what can I eat now that won't make me like feel sick? in this next dance class that I'm going to. So I couldn't just go to Chipotle 
and eat a big ass burrito before a ballet class. So it's like you have to you have to sort of eat something that your stomach can keep down before the class. And then when I get home, I would be like, ah, I'm gonna just eat whatever I want because then you get to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But like when I was at school, it was like, okay, I can't eat this. Sometimes I did. I w- <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd agree with that though. Shout out Monique getting session every day. <laughs> that would that would have been me still. But what's it called? Oh. For me, I feel like it doesn't. I don't watch what I eat, but um, I don't really eat that unhealthy anyways until it's like I'm snacking. My snacking is is can be very bad, especially when I start craving junk food. It gets horrible. I'll go to like the rabble or the corner store and just start buying. A shit ton of candy and chips and i'll care it all in this in one night so like that can get bad but like for meals i don't ever like watch it but i wouldn't like i barely ever eat lunch sometimes i don't eat fish so sometimes my first meal is at like four or five so my mm-hmm. eating schedule is horrible anyways and i i don't eat that many meals a day regardless so i'm not really worried if i snap on dinner because i'm like it's just making up for my breakfast and lunch, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, it's um, I guess it's a little weird. Like, I did make a very conscious decision to eliminate a lot of sugars at around thirteen. So then, because like I had like probably unhealthy snacks, but like we also just ate a lot of Nigerian food. So for the most part, we were eating like freshly cooked meals that were very healthy because like we don't have very many unhealthy alternatives to snack on there it's like oh you want a snack just take an orange like (laughs) like take like take fruits and stuff like that that's that's what their snack Mm -hmm. was we didn't grow up with chips or like cookies like i i got introduced to that here and i'm here i'm like okay like these are good and as a child like yeah i ate them a lot but around 13 it was like I really eliminated pop. Like, I think for two years, I just didn't drink pop. Now I drink it, like, here and there, but it's not very regular for me. Um, Do I think... I don't really think about it because it doesn't have a big effect on me because I just have good genetics as well. So, like, if I ate really poorly, it didn't really affect... Mm -hmm. Like, if I worked out, like, it wouldn't really affect anything about me. I'm not going to gain weight drastically. I've been... Like, even, like, working out, not working out, I've been, like, the exact same way. Maybe I'm a bit weaker if I don't, like, do as many activities. But then, like, if I get back into it, it's, like, I have good muscle memory. It's not, like, mm-hmm. the hardest. So I don't watch it very actively. But at the same time, just from growing up on a different diet, when I was 13, like, when I learned about a lot of things, I was like, oh, like... I'm already, I already have a great diet. Why am I ruining it with like add a bunch of added sugars? And then after that, it was just like, I just eat what I want. Like, I like a lot of healthy things. I even, I think the unhealthiest thing I like to eat consistently is like, let's say gummies or something. Minus pop. But even then, like, because like, even you said chips. I don't really like chips. They cut my mouth. Like all the, all chips cut my mouth. (laughs) Cereal, same thing. They cut my mouth. I don't like cereal. Like, (laughs) Like, a lot of sugary snacks, like, if, if I ate them recently, like, we have two boxes of cereal in my house. I'm not touching that, like, at all. And it's probably my favorite cereal, but, like, at the same time, it's, like, it's, if we have t- 
tangerines. I could I could eat tangerines. I could there's rice. There's vegetables. There's like all these different things I could eat. Why would I yeah, eat fam, cereal? This is the thing for me when I'm eating snacks. Is like the snack has to be quick, bro. Like if I can't just bust it out the wrapper and eat it, I'm cheesed. I'm not trying to peel a whole thing. Even for me, it's like... <laughs> okay, that's lazy. I don't care. I'm not trying to peel a tangerine. Bro, bro. I'm saying, what's the difference between peeling a tangerine? The thing or is, like... when you're playing, say, 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 I'm playing 2K. I'm, I'm about to yeah. eat a granola bar. I can eat a granola bar quick and mm. just drop it in the wrapper and leave it down. But if I'm taking an orange, yeah. I have to peel it and then I have to put it on top of something. Cause you can't just dash it on the table, cause it's not in the wrapper. You know what I mean? Like, it's just something. Yeah, I just like get a bowl quickly, the and then I just peel them before sure. I come back, and then like that's just have a few while I play. There you go. Plan ahead. That's that's probably my worst thing in in cooking. Like right now, like I would say I take bare time to cook just cause like I'm so bad at the prep the prep work. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like I don't eat that many snacks. Like, I do eat snacks. Like, I'll eat granola bars mm-hmm. when we have them. Like, we don't buy them that much. Like, the price went up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still cheap, man. Bro, the, the thing is, for me, I'm about to, after this podcast, I'm about to get a nice bowl of popcorn, bro. I'm not even going to cap. Sheesh. Yeah, popcorn's another thing. I don't know. You would just like it a popcorn lot, so, but like. Loaded. I don't just like. That's from him. I'll never just be sitting around like you know what I need every some day, bro. <laughs> like everything has to run out in the house. Then I'm like, God damn, what do we have? Popcorn. I'm like, all right, no. and then I'll start That's eating. Tough. It. I only eat popcorn if you make popcorn. This guy used to make the saltiest, but I put yeah, you way put too much, much salt. And <laughs> salt. When I eat popcorn, when okay, he makes popcorn and he'll make it for both of us. He has a bowl and his will have butter and salt. And mine is just plain. That's Ew. the thing. I eat popcorn plain. I can't eat it. Cause bro, what's the you point? Might as well just fucking oh, eat cardboard. Low calorie, calorie, high volume. It fills you <laughs> up. Yeah. So you're just mashing up your teeth for you no know what? reason. Grapes fill you. Cause I know that shit gets stuck hey. in your teeth for no taste. Like, grapes are good. Weren't you just yeah. saying that you need the flavor, fam? <laughs> <laughs> huh? Man said, man said. Okay. Man said, oh, who eats the chicken for, without seasoning? You got caught. <laughs> Okay, but popcorn is different. Popcorn doesn't have flavor unless you put like the flavor. It's just salt and butter. Man just said, eat, eat butter. butter. Chicken like, doesn't really have flavor. Salt and butter. Some seasoning on it. <laughs> you got booked. But popcorn, if you just like butter and salt, isn't flavoring. That's not a seasoning. Just butter and salt is seasoning. Ask Matthew if salt it is. Like salt. Ask Matthew if salt and pepper is salt seasoning. Salt isn't a taste. <laughs> Matthew doesn't Bro. count. You're gonna ask me yeah, he, about cooking, bro. He cooking was making advice. macaroni and cheese sauce, and he burned it. Just the boy's not here to defend. Bro, himself. I don't know who's Sorry. who's who who back he in. Okay, I allow that because he's a good yeah, cook now. He, but back in the day, bro, who was the worst cook? Matthew or Dad? <laughs> Are you still? Matthew, definitely, bro. Definitely Matthew. Ben, oh Matthew could ben, not cook anything. Ben, bro, okay. Ben, what was the Wednesday the meal? Because I know you know it. <laughs> Either pizza or nachos. Yeah. With the wings. That were, <laughs> that were bad. Forget about talking about the wings. We're not talking about the wings again. Let that Yo, go. this guy burned the wings. 
He did it just for really? They were actually Seriously? Black? black. Come on. Yes. <laughs> Yo. That shit look like you got wow. toxic. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I'm done. I couldn't I couldn't let him get off the podcast easy. If you guys made it this oh far, I know God. you just had a good Thank laugh. I appreciate right there. that. So please like, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really helps us grow. And yeah, it's been real. Yes, sir. Thanks again for having me, fellas. Really had a great time. Wine.